Hey, DC, right now at VisionWorks, all prescription eyewear, every frame, every brand is 50% off. Yup, a nifty 50% thanks to our friends and family event. What's even better? It applies to both glasses and sunglasses. That's right. At the VisionWorks friends and family event, you can save 50% on all prescription eyewear. Why? Because we like you, DC. A lot. VisionWorks, we're here to help you. Some restrictions apply. See store for details. Hey, podcast listeners, this is your humble host, Michael Smalley, and I just wanted to take a moment of your time before the show gets going to remind you about our online membership. It is an incredible resource to help you build a better relationship where we have taken all of our best video series and converted them into online courses. You can check out how to become a member at smalleyinstitute.com. For today's show, we are going to take you deeper than ever before. I mean, we're talking all the way back to your childhood. Because the reason your spouse might be driving you absolutely crazy is honestly quite simple. We're actually going to discuss philosopher Alan Devotton, who wrote in his book, The Course of Love, and I'm quoting from him now, we believe... We are seeking happiness in love, but what we are really after is familiarity. We are looking to recreate within our adult relationships the very feelings we knew so well in childhood and which were rarely limited to just tenderness and care. That is coming up next on Smalley Marriage Radio. I am your host, Michael Smalley, along with my co-host... Seth Johnson. And producer. Seth Johnson. And operational magician. Oh, and Seth Johnson. I know. <laughs> so, yeah, I came across an article. Mm-hmm. As you from, do. And, and I'm pretty sure I butcher, butchered this guy's name. He might be French. Alain, <laughs> why are you laughing so hard? Did I you're, butcher the phrase? You're stumbling on a particular word just... Sounded like a curse word and oh, just made me laugh. Sorry. And I'm I capable. Want, I wanted to make a joke in the microphone about it, but I'm like, no, that's not being sensitive to um, some of our audience. So that's why you ducked under the desk? Yes. <laughs> so you Shaking. Would, so you wouldn't hear my chuckling. Convulsing. <laughs> but then you pointed it out. So thank you. So I don't know how to print it's philosopher Alain, A L A I N, Day. I can do Day, D E. Yeah. And then Barton. I don't, I don't think you have to say it in like an Indian accent. <laughs> Botton. B-O-T-T-O-N. Yeah. But it was actually a really, really good article. And it reminded me of my days in graduate school. Wow. Yeah. Why? Well, I was I went to Wheaton for my master's. Wheaton? Wheaton. Uh Wheaton College in Wheaton, Illinois. And there my sort of Psychological theory was psychodynamic. Okay. So there's multiple theories out there. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the one I felt most at home in. And within the psychodynamic theory, it's quite common to go back to one's childhood if you're, you know, 
doing therapy with someone and yeah. unpacking all the stuff that happened and how those are shaping your decisions today. Mm-hmm. And this guy did such a great job reminding me of why we are really attracted to the person we eventually marry. Yeah. And so it's like in the world today, everybody thinks, um, well, I'm attracted to this person. I want to marry them because they make me happy. Right. Or I'd be miserable without them. You complete me. Yes. (laughs) And unfortunately, that's not the entire story. So what is the entire story? Well, the entire story and and what this philosopher, let's just come up with a pronunciation. You can just call him Alan, A-L-A-I-N. It might just be Alan. Let's go fancier than that. Oh. Alain. (laughs) We'll go with Alan. So what this philosopher unpacks, and I think quite well in his little book, The Course of Love, is, well, here, let me me, uh, read another quote directly from him. So I think this will kind of set up our show today. Uh, well, and actually this is from, there's a link to this article. And so this yeah. like journalist guy had read this philosopher's book mm-hmm. and then wrote about it. So okay. here's a quote, and you can click on the link right here in our show notes. But uh, philosopher Allen has devoted the lion's share of his life to exploring the complex psycho-emotional machinery that, despite our best intentions inflicts the wounds of love upon us and our partners. Decades after Willa Cother termed romantic relationships the tragic necessity of human life, Allen writes in The Course of Love, his stunning meditation on the fragilities of the human heart, the source of his insight into the psychological paradox of sulking in intimate relationships and what makes a good communicator. That got heavy. I know. Sorry. I was like, I want a tune out. <laughs> that wasn't even the quote. As I got into it, I'm like, stinking. Should have labeled the notes better. Dang ADD. <laughs> this is the prelude to the quotes. Look, you know you're reading it's something heavy prelude. when like the intro to the quote is just as long or longer than the quote. I know. So. And, do you, and do you have any idea how many complicated words were in that first quote? Well done. <laughs> And substituting Alan for all the references for his full name. I know. I can't go there. So let me try this again. Can we do it over? Aren't you glad we record live and never edit? Right. Perfect. All right. So here's from the philosopher. Alan. (laughs) So we believe we are seeking happiness in love, but what we are really after is familiarity. We are looking, and this is the key, We are looking to recreate within our adult relationships the very feelings we knew so well in childhood and which were rarely limited to just tenderness and care. The love most of us will have tasted early on came entwined with other, more destructive dynamics, feelings of wanting to help an adult who was out of control, of being deprived of a parent's warmth or or scared of his or her anger or of not feeling secure enough to communicate our trickier wishes. So way better quote. Yeah. So to so to surmise, yes. he's saying that really what we're looking for in, in love is a uh replication of our child dynamic. A recreation. A recreation, yeah, yeah of our child dynamic. So in and knowing that dynamic isn't all just Perfect. like unicorns and fairy no. dust. No. 
but even in like trying to recreate even the the harsher negative sides of that. Yeah, and it is that familiarity that people love. So, for example, in the intensive program mm-hmm. that we have for couples in crisis, they come for two days or three days with one of our coaches across the United States. Oftentimes at the end, I give a little bit of a warning mm-hmm. to the couple because most of the the majority of couples who come through the intensive program have major insight and massive change that happens in those two or three days. Mm-hmm. And it's super exciting. And they're feeling in love again and everything's right. wonderful and we're going to ride off into the sunset. And my warning is that careful change lasting change is difficult because you're going to be drawn back to what you know and unfortunately what you've known for however long they've been married 10 years 15 Mm -hmm. years 20 years even though it was bad even though you're totally aware that it was dysfunctional you're gonna get pulled back towards that same behavior because that you at least know what's going to happen. Yeah, you actually know how to navigate those waters. Totally. Even if they're unhappy, uh, scary, yeah. tumultuous waters, you at least know that. With this change thing, I don't know what's going to happen. Is this going to yeah. last? Are you going to be consistent? Are we going to really make it? How are you going to respond when I start re- are we acting in a healthy use, way? Yeah, yeah, are we going to use these new things or skills or education that we've just had? And it's scary. It's the unknown. So, People don't like the unknown. So do after you give this warning um, at after intensives, how do people generally respond? Are they like, oh yeah, we understand? Like, nah. They they're they typically tend to be, which I think is the case for most people, uh, naive. Yeah, like they kind of hear it, but they don't. But, and here's and and that's by the way totally fair. Mm-hmm. They've never gone through this yet, right? And. And that's why we have follow-up, <laughs> because <laughs> right. 30 to 90 days later, yeah, some old habits start creeping back in, and they're shocked, mm-hmm. and they just need to be encouraged and reminded, which, by the way, and you and I were talking before the show about really deep things, is why community is so important, mm-hmm. because yep. when you have community in your life, and, and real community, not, you know, because we were discussing a friend of our, a mutual friend of ours, Casey, mm-hmm. he's actually been on the podcast mm-hmm. before, sent me a very loving email. Not an easy email, but a very loving email. Done out of love and and worded in quite loving manner. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's community. When people are willing to confront you or challenge you and go, hey, dude, is an area of your life, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, That kind of community helps you continue growing in your relationships. Right. With God and with others, which is the only thing that matters. Mm -hmm. Which is why this podcast is so important for people. Because we help people love God and others better. Yeah, okay. It's only that. I was, I was failing to make the connection. We're basically we hitting on the most important things in life. <laughs> I mean, don't we do that every podcast? I think it makes us the most important <laughs> podcast on the planet. Really? I mean, it's true. Everyone should have it downloaded on every device of theirs. I'm just saying. And so, you know, the title of this show is Why Our Spouse Drives Us Mad, right? Mm-hmm. And basically what we're trying to say is our spouse oftentimes drives us mad because they're helping us recreate the very dysfunction we hated growing up. Mm-hmm. You marry your father. You marry your mother. You do. So that is true. Because that's what you know. It is. Even when we don't want to admit it. My wife is not a, uh exact duplicate of my mother, mm-hmm. but there's enough similarities because that's what I grew up with. Yeah. 
It doesn't have to get creepy. Mm-hmm. It's that we we drive each other mad because we we have chosen someone that helps us recreate that family dynamic that is so familiar to us. But then we don't the good and bad. Then we don't play that out and understand why that causes exactly the same dysfunction. Well, we're sort of unaware of it, so we're just frustrated. You know, yeah. they're just driving us mad, and, and most people don't take the time or effort to go. I wonder why. Mm-hmm. And I have another good quote. Do you want to read this one? Oh, I, I'm not even seeing where. Okay, that one. Yeah, I just highlighted it. Yeah, I can do it, but I'm kind of tired of trying to pull off all these big words. <laughs> yeah, no joke. I mean, it wasn't in quotes, so I was. Unsure. All right. So here it is. How logical then that we should, as adults, find ourselves rejecting certain candidates, not because they are wrong, but because they are a little too right, in the sense of seeming somehow excessively balanced, mature, understanding, and reliable. Given that in our hearts, such rightness feels foreign and inert. Unearned. Unearned. Oh. Unearned, but he went like some fancy yeah, it's English like old English style. Yeah, unearned. We chase after more exciting others, not in the belief that life with them will be more harmonious, but out of an unconscious sense that it will be reassuringly familiar in its patterns of frustration. Bam. Wow. That's, in essence, what is happening in our relationship, especially if your spouse is truly driving you totally bonkers and isn't that funny though because people do i love that part where he says uh kind of at the beginning we reject certain candidates not because they are wrong but because they're frankly a little bit too right right it's almost too healthy and we don't know what to do with that (laughs) you're like i i I can just see this playing out in a hallmark movie because (laughs) uh shauna loves hallmark movies and so often they're playing at home and I can just I can just see like the like the breakup scene. Like, well, what is it? What is it? Like, you're just too right. Like you just don't bring enough conflict in my life. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> well, that would be the more accurate thing, I think, is what we're trying to say. Yeah. Is what you don't want is to be unaware of this reality. Mm-hmm. And and because it is it, it is true. I mean, it really is. Uh I actually really mess with my oldest. <laughs> this was pretty bad. I'm not. <laughs> I don't even know if I should share it, but I've kind of already opened that can. Of I worms. think you should. But it was so funny because he has this wonderful girlfriend. They've been together now well over a year, mm-hmm. and you know he's 20, she's 20, so they even kind of talk a little bit about marriage, dude. It's really humorous how similar his girlfriend is to me. <laughs> She's like this major avoider. and There's well, different things. So I went. So she had done something. Like we were all together. Yeah. And I wish I could remember exactly what she said. But we both said it at the same time. <laughs> and everyone's kind of laughing. I think we're having dinner somewhere. And I just leaned over and whispered into my son's ear. Oh, Looks like you found daddy. <laughs> he was like, don't ever, ever right. say that again. <laughs> uh, no, no. No one wants to admit that or to think that. <laughs> but I will tell you, because I've obviously, I'm his father. Uh, we homeschooled. I'm, you know, I make my living by podcasting. 
Sorry. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> no, but by traveling and speaking. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I was home a lot. I was a major figure in my children's lives. Wait, you're you're home a lot because you weren't speaking a lot? Well, no, I meant like I might be gone Friday, Saturday, but I'm home Monday okay. through Thursday. <laughs> speaking thing really wasn't working a whole lot. So yeah. I was pretty much home all no, the time. I was doing lots of events, but I'm kinda home homeschooling. I was the homeschool dude. Okay. Yeah. Now I just feel shamed. And so so the point, though, is that uh, Cole had a lot of influence and a lot of relational, probably more than if your kids are at traditional school, right, mm-hmm. of a lot of my negative, the negative parts of me. And one of those is that I am. I'm an avoider. I really mm-hmm. struggle with that. And and he has found someone that is going to be an avoider. Mm-hmm. And because that's what he knows. Yeah. And and too many of us get into marriage and we're we're unaware of that thing, right? And so, like number two here, they drive us mad not just because they're obviously helping us recreate our dysfunctional mm-hmm. family dynamic, but we also think we're finding someone who will make us happy. That's what we think. We mm-hmm. believe that this is my soul made, and they're gonna love me, and I'm gonna love them, and we're gonna just live happily ever after. And the problem is that the negative side is also going to be there from our childhood. And that's where we get thrown, right? Like, it's like all of a sudden we have someone who's doing what we despised our Uh, parents did to us. Yeah. yeah. So we don't realize that that's coming. No, totally unaware. Most people don't ever. Yeah, they just don't Because we just it. think about the happiness that is reflecting our childhood, yeah. and we don't realize that, oh, there's unhappy times. Yeah, there. well, yeah. We, well, I would say we're actually very aware of the dysfunctions we grew up with in childhood. Right. We're, what we're not aware of is how we are genuinely trying to find someone who will help us recreate those same dysfunctions. Yeah. That's what we're unaware of. I feel like this is like super heady psycho, <laughs> psychological. Like I want to lay down on a couch and just <laughs> pick it apart. Which is why psychoanalysis had a couch that people would lay down <laughs> yeah. on because this stuff gets deep. Here's another quote. I'll read it. Thank you. So the romantic story of love tells us that our search for a partner is inspired above all else by a desire to find someone who can make us happy. But the truth is a little more confused and peculiar. For one of the oddest aspects of love is that in tracking down a mate, we don't, in fact, look out for just anyone who seems kind, good, and attractive. We look out for someone who can fulfill a number of pre-existing psychological requirements, which could include a subterranean appetite for frustration and humiliation. Did that quote make sense? Wait, so, so we're also looking for someone that could uh, bring about frustration and humiliation. We're just not admitting that because that's subterranean. Subterranean. That's, that means below the yes. terranean. Yes, it would be maybe our unconscious self, which is there, folks. Right. Whatever you want to say about Freud and psychodynamic theory or your psychoanalysis, id. your id, those things. There's a lot, there's a lot of validity to that stuff. And the truth is, if you want to have a happy marriage, or let's actually, I hate that phrase. 
Happy marriage. Yeah, happy. Just happy, period. Because life isn't about being happy. <laughs> it's about I just being happy. <laughs> well, it's about being righteous. And sometimes in your quest to be righteous, you're not going to be very happy, and that's not a bad yeah. thing. So it's okay to be unhappy. It's okay to be frustrated. It's okay to have all that stuff. But what what's important in your relationship is that you, you kind of want your eyes opened. Mm-hmm. Right, let's bring the stuff that's maybe been in your unconscious mind. Let's bring it to the surface and make it conscious so that you can recognize, oh, you're driving me mad because I did. I found someone that has helped me recreate the very dysfunction that I didn't think I wanted. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So what do you do about this? Well, first, you got to recognize how you most likely did recreate what you knew from childhood. It, it, and you know, I say that all the time. The, the the first step to any change is recognizing what the issue is. Right. So until you can until you can sort of embrace the idea that, oh crud, maybe I did marry my father. Yeah, it's like the whole like uh AA thing, like yeah. hi, my name is Seth and I'm an alcoholic. Exactly. It's like admitting that. Yeah. Yeah, and, and until you do that, you're it, yeah, change is gonna So it's it's hi my name's Seth and I married my mother. Exactly. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> We're starting a whole new movement. Yeah. Hello, I'm Michael. And I married my father. <laughs> so, which babe, Shauna? I, I, you're not my mom. <laughs> oh, really? Are you sure? Uh, not now. <laughs> no, no, I gotta do some analyses. I, I won't make you unpack that now and, on I, the show. I gotta check underneath my terrain now. So your first thing is to recognize, and that's why I did the show, is I wanted to kind of bring this up so maybe you could go, oh, that's why my spouse is driving me mad. Number two is you want to cherish the good things. So remember, it's not all bad. Right. It's very rarely all bad. Right, and it's really just, we we generally recognize the good stuff. That's why we married in the first place. It's, it's the negative stuff that we didn't realize is there. Yeah, that we either suppressed during dating, which is probably a good idea. Mm-hmm. right? You kind of want to put your best foot forward. But then as you have this commitment of marriage, the negative stuff is it's coming. right? And so, yeah, there are both negative things happening at the same time mm-hmm. as there are positive things. But where I like to encourage you couples is that you got to cherish the good things and then address the negative things. Because it's not enough to simply know why we might be doing something negative. We have to learn new behaviors and attitudes to replace them. So, you know, I I actually, that was my quote. Oh. Yeah, that was from me. I was about to ask. And here's why I said Should I put quotes on that and cite you? When I would counsel kids, so when I was getting my master's, uh, I kind of specialized in, 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 uh, in working with children. Mm-hmm. And I'd have these kids in either sexually abusive homes or physically abusive homes. And they would sit in my office and say, I will never do this to my kids. And where I always had to lead them was it's not enough to say never. Because the problem is that's all you know. Mm -hmm. You're going to go there. right? Unless, and so what I would tell these kids and what I'm telling our listeners now is it's not enough just to go, oh, guy, I don't want to do that ever. It's now I got to go, okay, though, here was the negative stuff. I'm aware of this. Now how do I replace it? Yeah. Which is what we provide. Mm-hmm. That's what the Smalley Institute is about, is marriage education. 
family education. We teach you things that you can learn that are going to be opposed to the dysfunctional things you grew up with in childhood. Right. But in, until you become a learner and an applier, mm-hmm. is that a word? Yeah. I'll, yeah. Apply. So until you're willing to learn and then apply what you're learning, you, I'm telling you, you're going to recreate. And by the way, no matter how nasty, there are, I mean, if you want to give a gross example, uh, a high majority of, of pedophiles were abused as children. Mm-hmm. And the reason yeah. is because that's what they know. That's the familiarity. And unless they do a lot of work to learn how did that impact me, what was wrong about it, and now what do I do differently, they're going to repeat the same thing. And most of them, because I had to counsel those guys too, mm-hmm. um, that's not what they ever wanted to be. Right. They just sort of fall into it because they didn't do the work necessary to learn how to be healthy. Yeah. I mean, you're going to go with what you know. Yeah. It, what is it with, they say, with any, like, discipline um, or any any habit you're trying to change? Like, you have to find something to replace it. So whether it's, you know, you, you've been a smoker and you're trying, trying to quit, very few people have success of just saying, yeah, I'm done. Mm-hmm. And you have to find something that re- replaces that, whether it's, like, something favorite- healthy. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not like heroin. Right. Man, I, I ditched those camels, went straight to black tar heroin. Yeah. <laughs> it's been fine, hasn't been a problem since. <laughs> I haven't smoked a cigarette in 20 years. <laughs> yeah, but if finding, yeah, that healthy behavior to replace it until that becomes, that healthy behavior becomes the habit. And you know we have, like, multiple resources that can help people. Where can people find these resources? Well, all they got to do is go to smalleyinstitute.com or... On the notes for this very podcast, mm-hmm. they can download. There's a link for every operating system, mm-hmm. whatever mobile device you have. Ooh. You can download the Reignite Your Marriage app, and there's some wonderful tools on that app, totally free. And if you want to spend some money and really dig deeper, especially in these these critical skills and things, you got to learn to replace the bad behavior that you learned growing up as a child then you really got to check out our online courses. Yeah. They're awesome. They're um you get lots and lots of hours of video and workbook content. It's all online and so you can check that stuff out at smalleyinstitute.com. Sounds great. Also guys, uh let us know your thoughts about the show oh, whether yeah. it's uh been lame and you wish you hadn't listened to it <laughs> or if you find it overall uh, helpful just leave a review for us. It lets others uh, find us more easy, easily. Easily. There yeah, there you go. Thank you. English is hard. You speak great. Yeah. And uh, also just lets us know how we're doing if we need to change up the show and uh, make it better. Absolutely. Well, Smalley Marriage Radio is brought to you by the Smalley Institute. If your marriage is on life support, reignite your relationship in only two days. You can find out more online at smalleyinstitute.com or call us toll free at 888 565 Six four six two. To be somewhere near your voice was all I heard. I was shaking from a storm in me. Thoughts about the specters that we had to see. Yeah, I wanted to be the melody above the noise, above the hurt. I was young. From producer J.J. Abrams. What happens to those people? They have been given a purpose. 
Critics are calling Overlord one hell of an entertaining ride. And now it's 93% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Overlord. Rated R. In theaters and IMAX November 9th. Directed by Julia Savory.